So Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2, is the basis for the sermon today, and uh, we'll talk more about that video clip during the sermon. Here's what Psalm 24 says. The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. This is God's word. So I want to share with you a devotion that was written for our church by Bobby that has to do with a video clip that you just saw and it has to do with an attitude of gratitude on Thanksgiving. And uh, she's going to reference that. And it, and it brings together those aspects with Psalm 24 as well. Here's what Bobby wrote for this devotion for our church. How many of you have seen the movie Finding Nemo and can recall the scene where the seagulls pursue the fish saying... Mine, 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 mine. Bobby says, I quote that to my grandchildren all the time when they're playing with the toys in the bins at my house, and one of them does not want to share with the others and says, mine. In reality, the toy they're fixated on and declaring to be their own actually belongs to me. It's not theirs. But because they know that anything in those bins is theirs to play with, in their minds it has become theirs, and that's okay with me. I think of it as theirs too, except when they want to fight over it and deny their cousins or other children access to it, then it becomes mine again. When I deal with that situation, I can't help but think of how it must make God feel when I think of worldly wealth as mine. I am, after all, no better than the seagulls or my grandchildren. I look at my bank balance as mine. I look at my home as mine. I look at my grandchildren, well, as mine. It is all God's. He allows me to use it in this life, but it is not mine. It is his. The bank balance, the house, the grandchildren, his, his, his. None of it is mine, mine, mine. Everything is God's. But he doesn't withhold even the smallest amount or the most prized possession. He gave up his son so that all might be saved. Everything God trusts to us in this life, he does in hopes that we use it to his glory to bring souls to him that his light might shine through those things that he has loaned to us. So when I think about generosity, I try to think less about how much I am returning to God and pay more attention to how much really I am keeping for myself mine. It helps me remember how generous God is to us, giving us all we need, even his one and only son. God makes us his own so that we might always be his, allowing him to use us in all he has given us. That's Bobby's devotion. So Psalm 24 says this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Why do we have this compelling instinct that says, in seagull-like manner, mine, 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 mine? Where does this come from? Here's where it comes from. When we declare things in this world, and, and honestly, as much as we can, when we declare it as mine, then I can control it. Then I, then I can push the buttons 
then I can make decisions about it. And we are happy as human beings when the more we can control things. So we call it, we call it mine, right? Mine, mine. We want to make decisions about it. We want to own it. So I can kill a cockroach or I can decide to pour a cocktail. I can take a long shower, take a hot bath, irrigate my landscaping. I can put 87 octane in my motorcycle and, and make the decision to put 93 octane in my truck. Wait, it's the other way around. I wouldn't ride very long on my motorcycle. 93 octane in my motorcycle, 87 in my truck. I can decide that. I can decide whether I want to change my own oil or take it to Jiffy Lube and pay them $79. I can decide. Then, so I love it that those things can be mine and I have control. I can even go to this box on the wall in my hallway and with the push of a button, I can either warm up my house or I can cool it down. Or if you live in Texas, that happens like within a 24-hour period. Mine. Now, I guess... What I don't want to be mine is my router in my house because I don't think my router in my house is working. I don't want that to be mine. I actually want that to be the manufacturer's so that when I call them and say, hey, my router isn't working, they don't say, well, buddy, it's your router. That's your problem. But when I call them and say, the router isn't working, they say, oh, we're so sorry that our piece of equipment is, is, that we manufactured is failing in that way. We'll, we'll resolve this for you. I see I want that to be theirs. And, uh, yeah, hmm. I, I think I want the kitchen and the laundry room not to be mine either. I, well, I, I mean, I like a good meal, and I like clean clothes, but I don't like doing the dishes a whole lot, and I, and I don't like folding laundry. So if those could be my wife's and not mine, that would be good. That would be good. And... And my allergies, if those could not be mine, God, God, if you can just take those away, God, take my allergies, you can have them, I don't need them, I don't want them, God, just take my allergies, and while you're at it, God, my neighbors across the street, I mean, they're obnoxious Oklahoma fans, they, uh, they park their vehicles, like, right in front of their house, which is right behind my driveway, so when I back out, I almost hit their cars every time, and their kids aren't well-mannered, and God, bless their hearts, but you can have my allergies and my neighbors, you see what's happening there? You see, right? If, if we can claim control and make decisions over all the stuff, then, then what happens? We claim the right to decide what is ours and what, is isn't, what isn't. And when we do, then we just say this. I, I want to own all the good stuff, and I, and I don't want all the bad stuff. That's how we do it. I call that junk for Jesus. Pastor friend of mine had a man who uh, wanted to donate a riding lawnmower to the church. Well, that's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Churches get, keep the lawn nice and cut and clean. And so the man pulls up with his riding lawnmower, and it was, uh, well, kind of grimy and dirty and 
the pastor thought he hadn't really cleaned it up all that much. And, and the man said, yeah, I, I thought I'd give this lawnmower to church because it's not working very well anymore and I'm getting a new one. And the, and the pastor friend of mine said what all of us pastors think in that moment but usually don't say, but he said it. The pastor said, God wants the new one. I, I don't think the man actually gave the new one. I'm, I'm not sure, but um, junk for Jesus. He, the man wanted to decide. The man wanted to tell God about what's good and what's bad, what, what stuff he should have and not have. The man wanted to decide. The man wanted to be in control. Mine, mine, mine. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Do you hear in those words God telling you that you don't get to decide? I don't get to decide. The 87 octane and the 93 octane, I, I couldn't even keep them straight when I was telling you the story. <laughs> they're not mine, they're God's. Remember when Job wanted to decide? Remember when Job wanted to play God and tell God, God, this is the amount of suffering that I should experience and the amount that I shouldn't. God, this is what should have ha happened to my family. And God, you have no idea what you're doing. God, I have friends around me who are telling me, God, God let me tell you how to be God. And you remember how God replied to that? Read Job 30, chapters 38, 39, and 40. I'm going to give you 3% of that volume of God's speech to Job, here it is. Job 38, verses 1 and 2 and 24 and 25. When, when Job says to God that Job wants to decide, God says to Job, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? What is the way to the place where the lightning is dispersed or the place where the east winds are scattered over the earth? Who cuts a channel for the torrents of rain and a path for the thunderstorm? Job! Job repented. We, Job doesn't get to decide the wind speed, the path of the thunderstorm the amount of rain, the weather, the things of God. Everything in this world that God created, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. God is telling Job, I'm God and you're not. This, my friends, is when we get into the biggest trouble in our lives. It really is. It, it, it's both simple and difficult. It's simple to say and, and to see and to understand, but it's difficult to carry it out, and here it is. You get into the most trouble in your relationships and in your own heart and in your physical well-being and your spiritual well-being and your emotional well-being. You and I get into the most in trouble when we want to play God, when we want to be like Job and when we want to decide and we don't want God to decide and we want to decide what to do with our own stuff. And we want to tell God how he should be doing it. And, and we believe we're enamored with our opinion. And we're going to tell God, even in our prayer life, what we expect. And when he doesn't do it our way, 
We have this entitlement to us that gets angry at God, and we're not grateful because he didn't give it to us the way that we told him he should give it to us. And he needs to come to us and say, where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. In a firm but gentle way, God is saying, you all who want to play God, I, I get it, but you're not very good at being, at being a God. I mean, come on. You, you, you can't even create a thunderstorm? <laughs> and you want to play God? How about you leave that to me? I'll take care of it. I'll be God, and then everything will be better in your life. And that's what he tells Job. That's what he tells us. And uh, it's pretty firm. It's pretty clear. Even in the New Testament, I mean that when we want to play God, and you pay attention to this, when, when you are grumbly and irritable and frustrated and you're driving in traffic and you have a quick horn because you think everyone else is an idiot, pay attention to what in your heart is going on and how you're playing God. And you're not grateful, and you're entitled, and you're greedy. Greedy like, you know, the all four lanes should open up so that I can drive right through. I mean, I literally have that thought when I'm driving in traffic. How ridiculous is this? That means I'm greedy, and I want the world to be about me. And then I read Ephesians 5, verse 5, which says, For of this you can be sure... So it puts the exclamation point at the beginning for us. I'm saying right here, no immoral, impure, or greedy person. Such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. That's a stern, solid, serious warning that God gives to me because he loves me. And because those four lanes of traffic aren't, realistically are not going to clear. I've got to get used to that. And I've got to get used to him being my God and him deciding and him being in control. Money and possessions don't keep people out of the kingdom of God. Don't go out. If you're going to represent this church, okay, don't go out misquoting this Bible passage to all your friends. I, 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 want you, I want you quoting Bible passage, but when you quote a Bible passage, try to get it close or right, okay? And people butcher this one all the time, right? They say, money is the root of all evil. It's not, it's not what the Bible says, right? Money and possessions are not going to keep you from the kingdom of God. But it's what you think of those money and possessions that's going to keep you from the kingdom of God. So 1 Timothy 6 verse 10 actually says, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And so it's about what you, what you love. It's about where money and God in are in relationship to each other in your heart and in your life. Mine, mine, mine. What if God thought that way? When, when we want to play God and we say, mine, 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 and I want to control and I want to decide, what if God thought that way, or does he? The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. 
for he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. God actually does say that. He says it right here in Psalm 24. Mine, mine, mine. The earth is mine. Everything in it is mine. The world is mine. And all you who live in it, mine. It's all mine, 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 God says. Well, yeah, God says it. But look closely at this Psalm 24, verse 1. And who does the world and everything in it belong to? Very closely now. Look specifically at the name for our Savior, for our God, that is used in Psalm 24, verse 1. It doesn't say God. It could. It says the earth is the Lord's. If we are reading the Hebrew Bible of the Old Testament, all four letters of Lord would be capitalized, and, uh, and we'd say Yahweh or Jehovah. That's a different title for God than God. God, the Hebrew word, is Elohim, is the name for God that means greatness and power. God, Elohim, is in Genesis chapter 1, when, when God wants his scriptures to say to, to the ancient people who worshipped Baal and who worshipped false gods and fertility gods and believed that the sun was a god and the land was a god, God wanted the scriptures to tell them emphatically, Baal is not God, the sun is not God, fertility is not God, Elohim is God. And so in 31 verses of Genesis chapter 1, Elohim appears 30 times. That's how the Bible begins. Our God is a God of greatness and power, and don't think any of you think you are him, including you, Baal and Darren. But not here. Not in Psalm 24, verse 1. The God who can say, mine, 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 is also the God, not just of greatness and power, but the Yahweh God, the Lord and Yahweh means, I am yours. I am faithful to all my promises. I am not compromised by any evil, no matter how powerful in this world, in heaven or on earth, no, nowhere. I am your God. It's, the, it's not so much the God of greatness and power, but the God of goodness and promise. And he says, this is all mine, and I lovingly share it with you for your good. I'm the Lord. I'm not greedy. I'm generous. And like Bobby shares her toys that are stored in her toy bin, and if they break, she fixes them and puts them back in the toy bin and her grandkids probably don't even know it. And sometimes if one of them gets a little too dirty, she'll take it and clean it, probably in ways that her grandkids don't know how to clean quite yet, in concern for the health and well-being, and she'll put it back in the toy box. And she'll maintain and manage the toy box for the good of the grandkids to whom she loans the toys and they get all the joy, but she does too. 
That's how our loving Lord shares with us as He manages all things. The good stuff, the bad stuff, the spiritual blessings, the physical blessings, the emotional blessings. It's all His. And He says to you, I, I'm sharing this with you. The good. God, a generous, loving God, shares good things with you. Sunshine. Family love. A fulfilling career. Good things. Clothes that fit and don't wear out and maybe even help you be in fashion. Good things. Care of neighbors. Cars that work. Airbags that protect you from injury and death. The laughter of children. The birth of grandchildren. The love of a pet. Good things. Because God is good. And bad things. Or at least we call them that, but they really aren't. Your learning disability. Arthritis, diabetes, cancer. Needing to wear readers when you turn 40. The alligator, difficult person at work. Broken relationships, divorces, widowhood. Running out of gas in rush hour. Miscarriage. Abortion. Feelings of same-sex attraction. Letting down your father, even though he's not living here anymore. Not being able to pay your mortgage. Not being able to build a building for six years on our church property. Bad things? God shares them with us and allows them to happen in our lives. You even heard the kids during the children's message. I said some feelings. These are two, two boys in touch with, with their feelings, with their hearts, and I love it, right? One said depression. One said I, when I feel annoyed, right? God doesn't protect even these little boys from that because why, why does he allow that? Because he's managing this as a gift for them as they grow up like he did for the Israelites, to humble you and to test you, says, right? So, all those bad things, God manages, it's his toy box. And he's still good all the time. And then you think of the spiritual blessings that we enjoy on top of that, actually with it and among it and through it. And think of this, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. The earth is the Lord's. God is saying, what is of this earth I am sharing with you for your good? And he became the ultimate sharer as God partnered and participated in, with, with this earth to save us. How? God became man. God sent his own son, the son of God, Jesus Christ, took on this earth when he took on flesh. And so the creator who created this tree that was then formed into a cross 
that killed him says, mine, 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 and takes on your sins and mine so that he can share his righteousness with us. And the one who created that thorn bush allowed it to be encircled and crunched on his scalp so that he would bleed for us. And the one who created the rock that made the tomb is the owner of it so he could escape and and resurrect through that rock and rise from the dead because he owns that tomb and he owns the rock and he has power and authority over that he uses for his loving purposes for you and for me. That's what makes us say, God is good. Spiritual blessings. So good. Uh, When we use the phrase, man, they really own it. Right? Maybe you're talking about uh, a team at work or in sports. You're talking about uh, a, a group at work on a group project. And you're really glad to be part of that group, and you, right? You tell other people, man, they really own it. What do you mean when, they, when you say they, they own it? Right? You mean that they, they are committed to it, and they, they take responsibility to it, and they own it. So when God says, I own it, I own the world and everything in it, the world, right, the earth, all the people, God says, I own it. I take responsibility for it. Like Bobby takes responsibility for the toy box. I own it. I'm committed to it. And whatever happens in it, and whoever you are who you live in it, I am committed to you, and I'm responsible with you, and then I share it with you. And when we're not living in this life saying, mine, 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 giving to God, giving him thanks, giving him uh, our, our works, our good works, giving him our, our lives, giving him our choices, our decisions, giving him our money, giving him our children and grant. Giving to him is not a liability or a loss. Because all that we have is his, his, his. And he gives it to us on loan for a while to use to his glory. God is good. Amen. Let's pray. God, if we were to count all our blessings, we would come up short in so many ways. You bless us in ways that are beyond our our sight and our vision, beyond our understanding and comprehension, and even beyond our ability to to put out a bucket big enough to store all your blessings. What we're asking today, God, is not so concerned about the size of our bucket or counting all of our blessings from A through Z. What we're asking is simply that in your mercy, you continue what you have always done so well in our lives. We're asking that you would continue to give us undeserved blessings of your mercy and your love that you continue to share with us the bounty of this earth and that we would grow, that we would grow in thanks and appreciation for all that you do for us, especially having given us your own Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Help us to share that blessing as we celebrate a National Day of Thanksgiving this Thursday. 
to enjoy food and family and football, all because God, through it, you want to teach us. You want to teach us how good you always are. May we believe that in faith now and in eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.